G'day everybody and welcome to the second episode of Tiger Tragics. Mitchell Scott is my name. This is the space on SEM where we talk all things yellow and black. First of all, I'd like to introduce the voice of the MCG and fellow Tiger Tragic, Tony Shebecki. Hello, Shebecks. Mitchell, good day to you and also to our other co-host, uh, Carl. G'day, Carl. G'day, Shebexter. G'day, Mitchell. I, how is everyone going? We're, uh, we're zipping two since we started well, doing this. Exactly right. And that, that concerns me. It concerns me. This show may not have a future. No. I think uh, zero and two. We've done two podcasts and we've lost two games. Uh, fair income, if it goes for another two weeks and if we lose for another two weeks. They'll be dumping the chook poo on our doorstep, not, not up at Pump I, I won't be a part of it. I will not be a part of something that brings down this great club. <laughs> neither mm. will I, neither will I. As, uh, as we've uh, alluded to, Richmond has gone down yet again in uh, this time tight circumstances. We went down to the dogs, obviously, on Saturday night, led it every change, and then uh, went down 11-14-80, the Western Bulldogs, to Richmond, 11-9-75. Jack Rewalt with four goals, including his 500th, which was, uh, makes him just the fifth Richmond player to kick 500 goals at the, at the football club behind uh, Jack Titus, Matthew Richardson, Kevin Bartlett, and Michael Roach. Some pretty handy names there. Uh, your initial reactions and uh, thoughts on the loss, gentlemen? You know what? I'm not. I said it last week against Adelaide. I'm not really disappointed about a loss to the Bulldogs. You're going you're to lose games throughout the year. I'd rather be losing to Adelaide, the Bulldogs. Port Adelaide at the moment, those sort of teams in close situations. I know yep. Adelaide wasn't, but that I think that was really an aberration. I'd rather be losing in close games to those teams than losing games to Brisbane, Sydney, Hawthorne, and teams like that that are down the bottom at yep. the moment. Yep. So while we're losing to the top teams, there's still hope, isn't there? And yeah. It was a great effort. I mean, the boys were in it right until the end, and then the Bulldogs just seemed to find something, and, and the umpires seemed to find <laughs> ways of making sure that we didn't get a... Uh, we'll yeah. talk about that, we'll I'm do, sure. We'll get to shortly. that very shortly. So I'm not, I'm not depressed and about it. It's, it's a good learning curve. These guys are still very much in a learning curve. From where they were last year, there is, you cannot say that this Richmond team is not 3,000% better than where they were oh, last year. Oh, they're watchable. Year. We can watch them and enjoy them, and and you know, as as you said, we're very much in the game till the till well the last the second last kick of the game when Marcus Adams clutched that mark, uh, fifty five meters out from our goal after that free kick, um, that was when the game it was the game wasn't over until that that point yeah. really, and that is all you want. You just want to be able to go to the footy and be able to just sit there and watch your team, and if you get done by five ten goals, does as long as you can walk out saying, "Gee, was they actually had a crack today? Mm. They were just beaten by a better mob." As long as you can do that, you're not going to be unhappy. Carl, what did you take out of it? It's five points against the Premiers from 2016. So I don't know about you, but I see that as a massive improvement for Richmond against the Premiers. It was yep. disappointing that we didn't get the job done. We obviously won the first three quarters, and when it came to the most crucial quarter, we just let it go. Yep. And it was really disappointing to see that we didn't go the full four quarters in the end, but five points, as I said, against the Premiers wasn't too bad at the end of the day. Um and I think it was Smith kicked four goals for the Bulldogs yeah. in the end. That was the thing that really made a difference in the end for the Bulldogs. They just ran over the top. And those goals, they were at crucial moments in that fourth quarter as well. I think Smith kicked two in the last quarter in the end there. And they were those goals that literally got the Bulldogs over the line. Yeah. So I'm not sure. We went a little bit quiet. We couldn't really match them in the end. 
I just on that, I think we went quiet because they stepped up their pressure, the Bulldogs, yeah, yeah. and they've done that all year. Whenever the the game's been on the line, they've they've they know to go to that extra level. I suppose it's the Luke Beveridge, it's the Hawthorne teaching to him that find a way to win. Good teams always find a way to win. Um, even if to, you win, even if you win bad, even if you win bad. Yeah. They, you, you, you turn the screws, and we just didn't cope with it well enough. Players like Dusty and Koch tried their hardest. Koch went to a half back in that last quarter and was yeah. taking a few marks and trying to set up and get that run going. Dusty was, he was flying, he was fending off, he was taking tackles, he was throwing thirty meter handballs, he was doing everything. We just didn't have enough of them. And meanwhile, Marcus Bontempelli, you know, I don't like to talk about the opposition on this program, but geez, he. Uh, We'd, he'd be handy. He's good. <laughs> he? he's, he's good. He's very uh, good. You know what a turning point for me was? Yeah. The loss of Nick Vlosten. Oh, he yeah. He was yeah. playing a great game in defence. Can mm. I say that any louder? I thought <laughs> Nick Vlosten was playing a great game in defence. You don't rate him as a defender? I don't, I don't rate him as a forward. No, that's true. He has, he has been tried forward in recent <laughs> he <has>. times. <laughs> he is a defender through and through and show that, really show that on uh, Saturday night. And the loss, of, the loss of him, I thought, really just unbalanced that back line a bit. What? And as a result, Koch had to go back and, and fill up a spot where he was really he was helpful driving forward uh, in the first half. I think he's that sort of mature, well, not me, he's not all that old, but um, that sort of physically tough, come with me kind of head that you need down on a halfback. We haven't had since Chris Newman. Yeah, um, when Chris yeah. Newman retired as captain, he was always that person who you could rely on, t- who could go up and take the mark, who could lay the crucial tackle. Um, I know they want to try and play him through the midfield a bit, Vlosten, but uh, you're right. As it stands, I think he's, his best work's down back, yeah, and, I and he was crucial. I haven't got a problem with him running off a half-back flank. That, that's yep. great. If they want to run him through a bit through the midfield a little bit, run him off a half-back flank. But I, I think that he just showed on Saturday night where he's worth is to this team yep. and uh, get him on that back line. Another another step up too, I thought, for the Tigers in the back line. Yep. Alex Rance, was this not his best game in th- three or four weeks? I think so. And that probably brings me to the fact that when you look at the stats, um, the amount of inside 50s we gave up, and we seem to be doing that a bit lately, but our defence is that solid that it, they, the teams don't score from them like they should. But the Bulldogs are such a creative team and just have this knack of flicking players around to to do whatever they have to do to win. Um, there was only so many inside 50s we could give up and repel be, without it finally hitting the scoreboard. It literally got to that last five minutes when Lockie Hunter took that mark and made it 10 points, and we were like, oh, geez, what's going to happen yeah. from here? Um, Alex Rance went up a cog. I thought David Asprey was brilliant. I thought Todd Elton had his best game for the club, taking six marks. And Todd I Yeah, I don't... He took a mark? Look, he, took, he took six. You he know, took six. six. You know six. A couple of contested, and he, he, his kicking down the line wasn't that bad. I, don't, I know he's not the long-term solution. Every, every team has to have a maligned player. You think Todd Elton for, Rich, for Richmond? It was, for <laughs> Richmond, it was Ty Vickery until he left. Now it's and Todd. I've just got this feeling that Todd Elton is going to jump into that position very easily. And as long as Ben Griffiths is out of that team, which he's <laughs> yes. indefinite on the list with his concussion issues, I think that's, I think that's going to be it. He's going to be the guy. Um, and that probably leads us into the two most uh, discussed umpiring decisions of the weekend that I think if we had recorded this on Saturday night around about 11 o'clock, we might have had to beat the whole thing. But uh, we'll start. I want to start with the Dustin Martin one first because I think that was a more blatant one. Dusty grabs, Dusty's in the centre of the, of the ground. He boots the ball off the ground. Ball, very similar to the David Zaharakis one a few weeks back, which was deemed uh, an incorrect decision. Goes forward, bounce, 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 goes out. There's a foot race to get to the ball. It goes out, deliberate out of bounds, and everyone rips their hair out. Yeah. What was your reaction? 
I'll let you go first, Carl, because I've got so much to say on this that I don't want to stop you from. Can, can you I just say. say no comment? Because I'm afraid if I do actually say something, I might end up swearing. Now, look, you know, we can't blame the umpires at the end of the day. There's been a lot of criticism of umpires. They have a job to do. We have to let them do their yeah. job, and we have to stop criticizing them. It's not their fault. From my perspective, anyway, this is my no, own. Op- totally this is my own opinion. Totally agree. I think the amount of rule changes we've seen the past five years in the AFL, this is making it real hard for the umpires to make the right call. And then we go ahead and blame the umpires because it's just instinct to do it. But we can't blame them. They're just doing a job, and they've got to basically look after the players of both sides as best as they can. Now. I reckon I saw a stat that showed Richmond is like the side that has the most freeze against for this season so far. Really? Yeah. And that wouldn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either, yeah. to be honest. And I know at times we're biased as well as Richmond supporters and say, oh, the free kick Of course kick we are. That's the whole point <laughs> of this, this podcast. <laughs> the free kick count always goes against Richmond, but it, it may have shown so this year as well in particular. But I think, you know, the umpires have to do their job. Whether or not it was the right call or not, well, we could probably argue it was. We could argue it wasn't. I'm disappointed, but at the same time, that's what's happened. We can't change the umpire's decisions. And so. why I say it doesn't doesn't surprise me about the uh, the free kicks against is because we actually have been fairly ferocious this yes, year yeah. in the way we've been tackling and the like, and there's been a lot of in the backs and uh, too you're high. You're going to give some away. Stuff. So you're going to give those away. So I haven't got an issue with that stat because the guys are actually getting in there and, and doing their work. Now, the Jaden Short one, I think... Well, let, let me yeah. put the two together, yeah. okay? Because my, my thoughts on this whole thing involve the rule... Deliberate out of bounds. Yes. It is the most Insufficient idiotic. intent they're trying to get us to <laughs> it's say the, now. It's the most idiotic, stupid rule ever brought into this game, and, and for a couple of reasons. One is, an umpire cannot, cannot determine what the player was thinking when he released the ball. There is no way that he can do that unless it is that 100% obvious where there is nothing around him and he faces the boundary line and kicks it over the boundary line. That shows intent that he wanted to go over. But if a player kicks the ball straight in front of him, 50 metres, and if the ball bounces right, it's out of bounds, it's deliberate. If it bounces left, he's okay. And we've got an oval ball that doesn't bounce straight anyway. How can the player be charged with deliberately wanting to go to the boundary line when that may not have been his intention. Now, the other point is, is that we cannot have rules in this game, in sport at all, that allow an umpire to use an interpretation. And I say that for the fact that we have so many different umpires umpiring our games. If it was one bloke doing every single game, I wouldn't have a problem with it because his interpretation of what has happened would be consistent. Mm. But when you've got 24 blokes umpiring a game of football over a weekend, they're all going to look at it differently. They're all going to think about it differently. And you cannot have a grey area in rules. It has to be black. It has to be white. As I say, RIP Lou Richards as well from uh, this program. A great loss to the media. Uh, It has to be. Did he put his hands in his back? Yes. Free kick. Did he... Kick the ball off the ground in a dangerous situation where the player was lying over the ball. Yes, yep. free kick. Yep. Did he get tackled and not handball or kick the ball away? Yes, free kick. Did he kick the ball to the boundary line deliberately? Well, well I think he did because the ball bounced over the boundary yeah. line. It cannot be a grey area. It is a stupid, stupid rule. And I couldn't agree with you more, Shebex. The, the fact of that rule is that if we're talking about insufficient intent to keep the ball in, I can kick down the I can kick down the line as you say, and the ball will kick 
the ball can bounce to the left and go out of bounds, and I get pinged the free kick for insufficient intent to kick yeah, the ball in. Yeah. And it can bounce Correct. right and I'm stay so in. Good. I don't get pinged. But my intentions might still be the same. My intention might still be, actually, I want to put it out, but I happen to get the lucky break. But I'm not pinged for it either. Correct. So it works on both Correct. ways. Now, now, having been a defender of the highest grade that I could play at, and that mm. was local senior football, yeah. I'm happy with that. That was fine. <laughs> I, I did well there. Mm. The defender's primary reason for being a defender mm. is two things. Stop the other team from scoring. Yeah. And secondly, relieving the pressure from your team in the other team's forward area mm. to give your team then the opportunity to score. So if a ball comes out of a pack into my hands and I've got seven blokes around me, mm. I ain't going to stand there and leave the ball 15 metres out from goal. I'm going to put it on my boot and kick the bloody hell out of it. Well, of course now, you Now, if are. it bounces over the right because there was no players there and I didn't see that, why should I be penalised for that as a defender? You shouldn't. It's, it it's, is a ridiculous, ridiculous rule. And what is also ridiculous now is that the crowd, well, it's not ridiculous. I, I understand why they do it. They get involved. As soon as the ball is sent towards the boundary line, there's a massive cheer, and, and then all of a sudden there's a wait. Is he going to pay it, isn't he? Yes, oh, he, he is. And the arms go out, and everyone goes, oh, oh. and the players are doing it now too. The yep. players are barracking for it. Speaking specifically oh. on the short decision, yep. he's in the forward pocket. We're down by four. Five points? Four points. Five points. Five points. Short's got the ball. There are four Bulldogs beset on him. And he's he and the ball sort of fumbles out. At the time, the umpire thought he's clearly gone a handball and just put it there. So he's guessed there. That's one. That's one guess. He's guessed that he's handballed it. Yep. He's guessed that his intent was to put the ball over the line. And therefore, the free kick's been paid. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm down by five points and what it's in my forward pocket... What advantage do I get? What, I get no advantage. Correct. What I should be doing, and what everyone would be playing, with we know with the rules, is that if you get tackled, if you've got if you've got pressure immediately and you cop four tackles, bang, ball goes to... You and the ball go to ground, uh, it's going to be a stoppage because you haven't had prior opportunity to dispose of that ball. So short... Uh, if he wanted to, if his best option was to take the tackle, if he wanted to try and get a stoppage, which is what they're trying to stop, they don't want the stoppage. At the end of the day, that's what the uh, the whole point of this AFL rule is. They want to keep the ball moving. So, ha- so Short's done his best to keep the ball moving. He's trying to look for a teammate who might be coming around the side. He's literally picked up the ball, seen four blokes on him, and fumbled the ball forward, and he's been pinged. And I think you'll find the AFL uh, has will come out officially in the, in the whistleblower segment and say that this was a harsh well, call. You know how good how good's that for us? That is fantastic. The AFL, after the fact <laughs> of costing us the game, possibly costing yeah. us the game, are going to come out three days later and say, "Oh, sorry, we made a mistake." Mm. That's great. Let's get everyone back to Eddie Head Stadium for the last fifteen and, seconds and of we'll that game, and we'll <laughs> go, again, go again if that's the case. And just, what if it happens in a grand final? Oh, it will. What if, and, and well, of course it will happen in a grand final. <laughs> what are the AFL going to do? Come out on the Tuesday and say, oh, sorry, you're going to have to wait another eight years because your window's just shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, because the umpire guessed what was going Please. through the player's head. Yep. Anyway. Before think, we finish on that, yeah. i got my take on it yep. as well. I think that rule in particular, there needs to be some consistency because no matter when it is... But you can't have consistency, Carl. While there's interpretation and a rule, from you one not have consistency. Well, just get rid of the rule then. Correct. Get rid of it. Exactly. Get rid of it. If it goes out, it's an automatic throw-in. Don't yeah. even pay the free kick. Yep. Or, there, that's or, it. Or it settles let's, it. Let's even go further and let's get rid of the boundary umpire altogether and go back to the old rule that it used to be that whoever touched the ball last when it went over... 
the free kicks against them. Or just ball then it up. players won't be <laughs> deliberately going over the line because they know they're definitely 100% going to be giving away a free kick. The intention of the AFL with this whole rule is to keep the ball in and you're right. They should at least trial that. I don't know. I know the Sandfield's doing it. I know the AFL's told the run home last week. Oh, look, it's not on our radar to trial it. That's yep. what the JLT series is there for. Just yep. have a look at it. Yep. And this isn't on behalf of Richmond fans. This is on behalf of the whole competition. Of course. Yeah. We all want that to happen. As we take a breath. Okay. We're all calm down. I'm... <laughs> we had plenty we... of opportunities, though, just on that yeah. to actually. There's a couple of set shots we missed, which we could actually put the blame on as well, just to end that conversation. I actually now. think there was one thing that was our own doing that was probably our biggest uh, reason that probably cost us a goal. I mean, I know we, we have a, we harp on about the umpires, and that didn't help us, but um, I actually thought Alex Rance's 50 metre penalty. On uh, on Marcus Adams, where he needlessly slapped him in the head. This is on the eve of three-quarter time. He slaps Marcus Adams in the head. Yeah. Easy 50. Don't give him an opportunity. Marcus Adams gets a 50-metre penalty, goes forward, boots a goal from 55 metres. What did the difference end up being? One goal. Yeah. So... You know, and I know Caddy did one down back as well in the in the uh, in the third quarter. Just a needless shove, pushed someone over. Another fifty meters came up. They're frustrating. They really are frustrating. Well, that's, yeah. you want to learn. You, you hope they learn from it. Alex Rance is a better player than that, and so and Josh Caddy's still learning a bit. But we we know that we know Alex Rance has actually had a couple of you know brain freezes here and there. We don't want to really go back to the Jack Watts one last year, which was mm. that wasn't pretty. But he owned up to that. And he, t- he owned it, which he was did. which was good for him. Um, we had a debutante. I, Sorry, well, and I was going to say yeah. on that debutante, good, good call. Well, thanks for coming to that, Mitch, because Carl and I did select that <laughs> Ivan was going to play. Yeah, of course, we put a lot of effort we, into we, that. We picked it that <laughs> Ivan was going to play. So, for those who were just joining us for the first time, it was a, it was a, uh, it was between Ivan Soldo and his cousin Ivan Maric as to who was going to get in the ruck uh, ahead with Nankervis out. And uh, Big Ivan Soldo made his debut. It was reasonably solid without doing too much. I think he. The tactics of the dogs were probably more influential with what he was able to do with the game than anything else. I mean, if you're going to have, um, we won the we won the hit out count very extensively. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think we won the hit outs to advantage though, which was oh, interesting. And, that was, and that's where the Bulldogs did really well in that first quarter. Uh, he Soldo did a great job mm. and was winning taps hands down, no dramas. He was up against uh, Dunkley and yeah. Jong. No, well, he was once Beveridge realised that we're not going to beat this guy. We've got no height. We're not going to beat this guy. Yep. Let's just get anyone we can into the ruck that's going to give a little bit of competition to him. Yep. But let's get our midfielders to know that they have to rove off him. They have to yep. watch him as our ruckman. Let's make him our ruckman. That's exactly what the Bulldogs did, yep. and they did that very well. They mm. won the clearances, and they won the hit-outs to advantage from from that. And in the second half, um, when, the, when, the, when the pressure really did come, they threw Tom Boyd into the ruck. And he, I know he's only got about 25, 30 games extra experience on top of what um, of what Ivan Soldo has and played. And an extra $1.2 million in his bank account. Yeah, and a, and a premiership <laughs> medallion. But uh, that that probably was the difference in the end um, for, for Soldo's debut. I, I thought he was solid. I thought... He will know, learn so much from that game. Yep. He really was. And you, and you can't be a dominant one-hand ruckman in this competition. No, no. You just can't be. You, you've got to be able to use both and, and, and the whole work. So he'll learn from that. He'll go away. They'll work with him on that, and he'll be fine. Were you happy they went with him over marriage? Yeah, I am. Question, though, mm-hmm. does he stay in the side and does Alton come out of the side? Well, cause yes, cause that's, because yes, because Nankervis comes back this week yeah. from suspension. Um, although I personally, I thought, as I said before, I thought Elton had his best game. So I'm... I was more than happy to leave him in. I didn't see that. I didn't see Soldo do enough around the ground to warrant that maybe he can go forward and just 
Yeah, playing I don't a ruck. think he'll stay. I don't no? think he'll stay. No, he'll go back now and learn and, and stay in the ruck on a full time basis in the twos and learn from what he from what he, uh, he did on. And the he's weekend. got his he's got his cousin there alongside him in that VFL time. Who's who, team? Who's basically a, a full time ruck coach I w- now? I would as well. love to know, and, and that's a very good point you bring up, Mitchell. Mm. I would love to know how much input. Ivan Maric had into Solo actually playing. I'm wondering whether he actually went to the coaching staff and said, look, guys, I'm pretty sure that my time's finished with the club. That's mm-hmm. fine. Let's give this kid an opportunity to learn in this game. And I, If he did, it's the new Richmond, which, we, we, which is we're very supportive yep. of. And yep. we, don't, we don't know. We probably won't. We'll never find out whether that actually happened. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think that in the romance of you know, a football club and, and mates looking after mates, we've got cousin versus cousin here and I would have loved to have thought that that actually did happen and, and speaking of that has anyone actually gone through this family genealogy no can we get Ancestry.com as a sponsor <laughs> or something any more out there there might be another one or two well he was a basketball player uh, solo until three years ago yeah. he got rookie as a category B rookie and now suddenly he's playing AFL um, it's a great story. You know, they might have volleyballers out yeah, there. They, they might have. More You'd rather be playing AFL than playing D League, wouldn't you? In America, I, th- I think so. I think so, particularly in this country. Um, I, the the one sort of knock I also had on our side, and this probably goes back to last week a little bit as well, is that the our 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 three mosquito fleet, Rioli, Butler, Castagna, um, took a good mark again. Castagna. Yeah, he he he's, he did all right. Are they impacting the scoreboard like they were though? They've the one goal between the three of them on the weekend. Jack kicked four, um, eleven for the match. Uh, are we getting enough from them? Is there is their run still there? Are we? Do they need to be hitting the scoreboard more to to warrant selection? Because I know you've got a view, Carl, on a change you want to see. Yeah, well, I personally and I, I thought Castagna wasn't one of his finer games in the weekend. The last couple of weeks have been a bit average from Castagna. Not to say that he hasn't showed that he's. Best, uh, he's put a case to be in the best yep. 22. I think he's more than capable to be in the best 22. Yep. I think Castagna might need a week in the VFL, and I think we give Lloyd an opportunity in the forward line, just just for yep. next week. Just That's my call. Uh, Castagna can have a week in the VFL, have a bit of a, a rest and a run with the boys in the VFL, come back into AFL the week after, all depending on whether or not they go with this, of course. If Lloyd comes in and does well, then maybe they'll leave Castagna in the VFL. And I don't even know if they're going to make this change, but this is from my perspective what I think should happen. Uh, yeah, give Lloyd a go. Give Castagna a week in the VFL. Leave Butler. I think Butler's shown enough at this well, that, stage. That goal he kicked in the first yeah. quarter where yeah. he literally one bounce full hand collect cracker couple of steps snap and it's up for goal of the week this year this this week actually yeah, so he get on the AFL website surprised vote. himself too because he yeah. didn't actually he didn't actually celebrate until the ball went through he had no idea like, no, what was no going idea. on no. but can we remember just on yeah. Butler when he first debuted like a few years ago no no, no you, you don't remember him no no oh, he, I, I reckon <laughs> he had like long hair and he was running around because like, he's had he's the guy with the different hairstyle all the time at Tigerland can I, can I say really? though yeah that there's not much of those couple of years that I do want to remember. <laughs> no, it's true. So a lot of that has been wiped. Tragic. Yeah, yeah true. He's he's probably the one that, yeah, Lloyd. So Lloyd kicked two in the VFL and was named in the best. They had a seven-point loss to Footscray, which was the curtain raiser to Saturday night yeah. at Eddie Had. High-scoring game, actually, for a yeah. VFL game. Um, so Lloyd's probably got that X factor where Castagna yeah. was found wanting a couple of times. He probably does that. He probably goes back, I think, out of those three. Rioli... I heard Finey on Sunday morning actually talking about that, you know, Richmond's always had a Fab Five. Then it got cut to four with Delidio leaving us. And he reckons it's back to a Fab Five. He reckons Rioli he will be. has that X factor. Um, 
and he's he is we, we know he's going to be very something something very very special. Well, we said it last week, well, at least I said it last week that I thought at this point in time, out of the two Riolis playing the game at the moment, our he's, boy is he's miles one. ahead. He is he is, and you know, good on Hawthorne for having a win on the weekend. But yeah. we don't really care here at Tiger Tragics. No. We care about the Tigers. <laughs> um, I spoke before about the uh, the lack of discipline from Rance, um, and I, I you said it was Rance's best game. Do we take anything out of, um, you know, I suppose the, the 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 solid fact that we did run a team that did win the grand final this, this last year to the to the line? Do we, does it mean anything if we lose this week? Like, do we can sit here and pat each other on the back and say, "Well done," you know, it was good that we ran the team. But but does it mean anything if we don't actually go out and then actually capitalise next week? Yeah, look. Uh... The fact that we ran the Bulldogs to the line is a, a good effort. So you got to take something from that. There's yep. got to be there's got to be hope in that. For me, a loss to Fremantle is more disappointing because Fremantle have actually been a bit of a a bunny team for us. We've, yeah. we've actually done really well against Freo in yep. the last few years. Even last year, last year when I know they weren't great last year either. But even when we weren't great, we went over and beat them by six goals and, over there. And probably even more so at Subiaco, we've been well, we've done well yeah. against Fremantle than, yeah. than even here. So it's one ten p.m. here Sunday, Mother's Day. Take your mothers along to the football. It's a great Mother's Day present. Yep. Just not no good if we uh, if we lose. You'll be there doing the grand announcing, I'm sure, Shabet. I will be before heading home for a Mother's Day dinner, which I'm very much looking forward to. But no, I think we I can think we can definitely do Freya this week. I think so. We I think to. we need to. <laughs> well, we just need to get back well, on the winners' board. Yeah. Actually, you don't want to lose three in a row. Well, that probably brings me to my next point and question to you guys: that if we we're five and two. We go when you probably looked at the fixture at the start of the year. The two that we've lost are two that you we expected to lose. So yep. yeah, the the loss to Adelaide wasn't great, and the, you, you never expect to beat the reigning champs unless they have some sort of monumental fallover. This is one that we would have penciled in at the start of the year and gone, yeah, we have to win that. If we lose this, does it does it really matter whether we run them to the line? Does it really matter if we have a good crack? Is it is it because we we're five and three suddenly after that with GWS to come. If uh, if that happens, and then you start tasting defeat a bit too much for my It's how liking. we lose it, Mitch. Yeah, it's how if we if we were to lose it this weekend, it's how we lose it. If we go down absolutely fighting, mm. but for some free for some reason Fremantle get over the line above us, which I I haven't seen enough improvement from Fremantle this year to, to say that they're any better than where they were last year. Yeah, they've had a couple of wins. They had a nice win against the Bombers on the weekend. They played some good quarters, but they haven't yeah. really strung anything. Correct. So, so from that point of view, I've seen a lot more improvement in Richmond than where they were last year. So I would think that you'd have to say with a better team yep. means we should win. So if we lose it by sixty points at the MCG and go down without a fight, then yeah, I'll be filthy. But if we went down by a goal and it's a really tight match and it was our boys just did everything that they could, but they just couldn't get over the line, then once again I'll be the same as I was with Adelaide and, and what we said earlier. You just want to go to the game. And see your team put in 110, percent and if you lose, you walk away and you say, "Well, someone's going to lose." Unfortunately, it was us. But if they don't put in 100, percent and they go down, you've got every right to be filthy. Carl, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I agree with you, Shabex. But I think at the same time, we can't be losing games by less than a goal, and then having that impact us at the end of the season. It happened a few years ago, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's happening to North Melbourne right now. North Melbourne, yeah, I think, is 18 points away from being a five-two side themselves. If you look at their results this year, they've been playing good football. 
Um, we don't want to be in that position where we're on the wrong side of the ledger no. of those games. And that, co- and that costs you the difference between fourth and sixth or sixth and tenth. Like, it's going to be that sort of a season where... Heaven forbid it costs us ninth or it puts us ninth. Yeah. Well, how did, how did everyone's tips go on the weekend? I think oh, I, got, I, got, I got three. I got one. One. But having one. said, yeah, yeah. But having said Who'd that... Who'd you get? <laughs> uh, Fremantle, I think. Hawthorne over Melbourne for me. That was it. That's good. good lady. Having said that, though, I think, and I, and I do not lie when I say this, I could have had six. I changed my tip Same. seven times yep. before the game before game started. I was, I had, I I had North Melbourne to win. Same, and then changed it to yep. Adelaide, thinking that no, it's, it's just going. I had Carlton to beat Collingwood and changed it and thought no, it's just not going to happen. I had Frio to beat Essendon, mm. and then for some reason I thought no, actually Essendon haven't been too bad. To three quarter time, you looked all right. <laughs> I, I could have fed and walked away with five or six, mm. but walked away with one. Well, we don't want to be that team, no. That is the difference between sixth and tenth. It's such a close season, and we need every win that we can get, or else, you know, God forbid this time next week, three losses in a row, probably our doing. Jungle drums start beating, or, you know, we've got to play GWS up there, then, you know, it could be five yep. and four, and we literally start falling into that zone that we all know as Tiger Tragics very much what happens is we start to eat our own. We don't want to be that side this year, everybody. No, and I don't think we're going to be that side this year. Can I just point out, though, last week in the podcast, I spoke about where we should be after 10 rounds. Yep. I said we should be realistically, it doesn't seem like like we couldn't be seven wins and three losses after 10 rounds. Ten rounds. Now, funny I should say that because yeah. a day later, Matthew Richardson came out and said the same thing. Really? He did. Yeah, he said the same thing. So I don't Great know, if, he, don't know if he's uh, been listening to the Tiger Tragic podcast. Oh, but he could have been so, one of the many <laughs> Nice to know you're listening, Matthew Richardson. And you're welcome to be a guest on the show anytime you'd like. Exactly. But looking at our next three games, obviously we've got Fremantle this week, GWS up at Spotless, and then Essendon at the MCG. Dream and, time. Dream time? Yeah. yeah. So I think... If we're looking at it from a positive perspective, I think that we could actually beat Fremantle this week. Probably say we lose to GWS. Not saying that we won't win or match them for four quarters, but record that as a loss. And then back up, front up the next week against Essendon and beat Essendon in dream time. That's seven and three. Yep. Yeah, you never you never want to you never want to lose really. No, exactly. but, no, no, no. But I'm just saying yeah. that will be seven wins and three losses yeah. after ten rounds, and I think we're going to get it. To last be last year when we played GWS up there, it was the absolute debacle game where we lost by about ninety five, and we probably should have lost by one hundred and sixty mm. if it wasn't for Alex Rance, who, funnily enough, was best on ground in a team that lost by that much. It'll be interesting to see how far we've come, and perhaps how. Oh, maybe GWS have taken a little bit of a backward step. We all thought they'd be moving forward, but I don't. I don't think they're playing as good a football as they were last season. I think they're getting a bit ahead of themselves, and you know they'll probably be looking for a scalp in Collingwood this week. Um, I had a question I wanted to pose to you guys. Mm. Um, who do you think is our most underrated player in the side right now? Gee, that's a good Cause question. There's a, because there's a player who I think does not get the plaudits that he deserves. He's been Mister Consistent. I think he. He's there to ki- he kicks goals when we need him to. He came from another club a few years back. Yeah, I think we're thinking of the same person. Who do you who, who do you think I'm talking about? Sean Grigg. Yes, I think Sean Grigg is our most underrated player by a mile, and I think that he's he bobs up and kicks goals. He can take a mark. He's he last year he had to go back because he wasn't playing tackles. He wasn't being a pressure player. He was just getting easy kicks out, running up the wing. The sort of same criticism we've had of Brandon Ellis for a long time. Are we happy with his ability to kick the ball? I I, I am more so than last year, yeah. You, you don't rate him? Last year, I thought he was probably one of the one of the 
non-better kickers. He wasn't alone say, there. I don't though. want to say one of the worst, yeah. but one of the non-better kickers he, in the AFL. But this year he's bobbed up and he's kicked crucial goals when we've needed yeah, him to. He, he, and he's taken marks in forward fifty. He he. So he goes forward now. He occasionally rotates into the ruck when we when we need someone there. Yep. He's just kind of a I don't know. He's kind of our Mister Fix It now in a sense. And I I he's played a, a solid hundred games for Richmond now. Um, he's never he's never out of the side really, aside from one stint for form. Um, when he isn't in the in the side, I think it's noticeable that he isn't there. Yep. Um, and I just think because of that, when you look at his when you look at the body of work, you go, you know what? You've actually been pretty serviceable, Sean. You're not one. He's not one of the superstars, but yep. he's just one of those guys who head down, gets the job done every week consistently. Um, you need sixteen of those in a team. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to have twenty-two superstars. And that's no. what. And that's what's amazing about the Bulldogs is they have so many of those sort of guys so young in their careers. It's amazing. We're not in the Bulldogs podcast, all right, Mitch. We're, no, this no. is Tiger Tragic. No, no, but we no, did just, play them last. But week, we did. So we did. Yeah. yeah it's just, I think just be, because we did play them, you do get a look at the opposition yeah, and things true. that we need to take on board as a side and improve from. And they are the benchmark. They are the premier. So, right, so from watching the Bulldogs game on the weekend, what can Richmond learn from that that they can take in? Pressure. 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 When yeah. the game is on the line, everyone needs to be to raise that level. That's a very good Bulldogs point. had more players than us who went up and did that. Dusty was the example. I thought that that that, that play in the last in the last couple of minutes, it ended up setting up the goal that got us back within a few points. Where it was two on one. He'd made the lunge. He stopped the ball. He'd laid the tackle. He's on the ground. Two coming him. He picks the ball up. And he just handballs it on over his head twenty meters. Ball ends up getting to Kane Lambert, who ends up getting it to um, to Jack, who snapped it. That was the that was that was yeah. bulldogs esque. That was the standard. We need to be doing that whenever the game is on the line, and everyone needs to be doing that. I, I think, think. I think I mentioned it last week. We have a really bad tendency of really falling under pressure when the yeah. when the opposition turn the the heat up on the Richmond football team for the past three or four years. We go into a real bad turnover situation. Yeah. We go into a real bad hell, what do I do with the football type situation? Guys just yep. don't think clearly when the pressure's on at Richmond. I haven't seen enough football of other teams. Mm. Uh, you get to see a fair bit of footy through the weekend, but I don't see enough of everyone to know whether we're the worst in the league at doing that or whether other teams are doing um, it. But I just see that Richmond do it consistently when the pressure is really turned on. I think we used to be a, a lot worse because what we used to do um, in sort of that 2014-15 era is Hardwick was trying to teach tempo football, and that ended up, you know, we play play your hearts out like we've been playing now, and then when when the pressure's on, let's just slow it down, find targets, and that the problem was that ended up becoming the, the standard game plan, and that's what cost us and led to us our demise last yep. year, and why we've having to go completely the other way now. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna have a crack, I like the fact we're having a crack. Um, you are gonna have to give it up at some point, and the goals are gonna come the other way. It's how you. Then actually, you know, raise the bar in that when it, when well, the, when the opposition comes because they will come. Once again, I come back to what we were talking about uh. before. If you're having a crack and you lose the ball, you can handle that. Yeah, as yep. long as your blokes are having a go. But if you're just turning the ball over because you're under pressure, yep. you can't have any of that. What did you think, Carl? What did you take out of it? That what they what we do that we could take on board. I think we need to maybe not use the boundary line and. Be, Make it less of our friend. The old saying is, you know, you the rules the don't help us anyway. No. Yeah, but, you know, we saw that in the crucial crucial point of the game at the end. There, we were down by five points, obviously, and the short decision didn't go our way. But again, it all, all depends on on what the margin is, whether or not we're up or whether or not we're we're losing. I think. Can in I just, the, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You go. Oh no, no, no. What we can say. I was going to say, can I just vent for one second? Sure. 
can we pay some bloody respect to Bob Murphy and man him up? That whole second half, he was just running across the wing and through half back. No one wanted to go near him. I don't know whether he was whether he was stinking or something. Well, he's the most likable bloke in the AFL. Go and mount a man on him. He's everyone's Jesus. favourite captain. He's, he was the he was their best kick set and up going forward, and no wonder we conceded so many inside fifties because no one to go near him. Please, that's what else we can learn. When you see the best player in the in their team, who's the best kick in their team, and they're the ones setting the ball Pick up going up. forward, put a man on him. We'll, Jesus, we'll put that in the intro for the soapbox <laughs> on the run home. Jeez, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, a question I wanted to raise with you last week: uh, Ralph Carr, Dustin Martin's manager, once again said. No, we're not going to be looking to sign any sort of contract, be it with the Richmond Football Club or elsewhere, until the end of the season. How is everyone feeling about that uh, you know, at the moment? Are you know how I'm feeling nervous? about it. No, I think I think Dusty will stay. I think Richmond will find good enough reasons to be able to find whatever he requires and keep him there. Yep. I, I, I don't think that's an issue. What's annoying me out of this line? We're not signing anything until the end of the year. Is that? This has been a situation now for two or three years, four years with free agency. Every time we hear that line with any player involved in the AFL, it has normally meant that that player is going at the end of the year. We all go... 100, 100%, I reckon, maybe 95, give or take one or two, it has meant that player will not be at your club next year. Mm. So once you start to hear that rhetoric from managers, you start to think to yourself, well, hang on, on past experiences from what we've learned, this ain't a good sign. No. And all of a sudden, you start to lose a little bit of respect for the player due to the fact that you think, well, he's not going to be there anyway next year. So stuff him on it. And, and, and there'll be supporters out there that will feel that way. I think all we need is a little bit of sensibility and a little bit of truth in the whole thing. And that's fine. If you're, not going to sign, if you're not going to sign to the end of the year, do not sign to the end of the year. But preface that by saying, but let me also say, we're not going to sign to the end of the year. At the moment, we have absolutely no reason to want to leave yep. the Richmond Football Club. So Tiger fans, do not despair. As it stands at this point in time, and we don't see no reason why that might change, Dustin Martin will be a Richmond player for life. And that's what that Fife, how he's approached it over in Fremantle. Let's be he, honest. Yeah. Yes, correct. What do you think, Carl? Just don't give it any more attention. Just but it's going to be, let, let gonna go be attention, mate, because the media is its a sexy topic. I, I know, it Channel is. Channel 7, yeah. Channel 9, they're all going to want to know the results. They, so it's yeah. going to come It's going to come up at Hardwick press conferences. Dustin Martin will not face the press again this year after what happened three or four no. weeks ago. So, Which no. is unfortunate because you want to hear from your best players. Yeah. But he yeah. ain't going to do it because he knows the first question he's going to be asked are you signing? is, are you signing? <laughs> and the first thing Dustin's going to do is say, get stuffed. Yep. Don't argue in the yeah. journo's face and walk out. <laughs> That's what he should do. <laughs> I, 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 I don't worry now. I suppose it's interesting. Ralph Carr is a is is an interesting management case because he also managed Travis Cloak um, back in was it on Cloak's last deal, which was a five year deal. Remember, it got drawn out forever and drawn out forever, and there was all sorts of speculation that he would leave, and then. He ended up staying. This was yeah. back in 2012. That happened again with Dusty in 20, uh, 2013 when he did the big leave and went up to GWS and had a look around in there. Yeah. Ended up staying. I think Ralph's a funny man and then he 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 just likes to make his client sweat a bit. In ter- he, well, he, not his client. He's, he likes to make the, the, the opposition of the situation sweat a bit. 
I think Richmond's been brilliant for Dustin Martin. I think in an ideal world, he'd like to stay. I think, though, however, he's at a point in his career where he probably realises what he's worth. We've got a new CBA coming in, um, where, which is going to mean 20% more, in, I think, in the first year and then in increments on that for the, for the salary cap. So any talk that he's any less than $1 million a year, I think, is ridiculous. I personally... Um, I think whilst Richmond is playing good football, I think if we're seven and three, as you say, during the during the that sort of we're leading into that buy period, I personally would put the we know that it's going to say it's going to take can't say no money to get him out. Yeah, just put the can't say no money on the table now, Richmond. Just put it on the table now, and when 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 the going looks good, when the going looks good for Richmond, and, we're, and look like we mate, we're part of a finals campaign here. We're going to have many years together. Damien Hardwick's our coach. You love it here. Here's one point five million dollars a year for six years. Yeah, it's a, this why is, don't you sign? This is a tough one for the board. Yeah, because they're on a hiding for nothing. I mean, a, a lot of people said last year, why did they re-sign Damien Hardwick for two years when? And people were saying, let's be honest, nobody's probably going to sign him. This is the club he's going to be at. So why sign him early in the year when you could have signed him later? And then Damien Hardwick comes out. He's going to take us hopefully to finals this year. And who knows where we go. We didn't believe him 12 months ago, did we? Exactly. So if Richmond come out now and sign Dustin Martin for 1.1, 1.2, there are going to be people out there that say, well, hang on. Should we have done it now? Should we have just waited? Does anyone else really want? Dustin Martin. Well, that's and that's the thing. You just don't know, and and that's what I'd rather. My, me personally, I'd rather take that doubt out of it by by removing the fact that we know that managers and and football clubs all talk all during the season. They're just not allowed to come to you know an official agreement, but they can. Whether they want to admit to it, you know, there's always there's often a wink and a nudge, as we knew with 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 uh, Dangerfield and and coming back to Geelong. Are you better off doing? Are you better off just waiting and maybe doing a deal with Fremantle if Nat Fife? Well, if Nat, if it's interesting because they are both restricted free agents, and if Nat Fife says I want to come to I want to come to Victoria and play my football, do you match? And, and you're Richmond, and Dustin Martin goes, yeah, actually, I want to get out and take take to, and get out. Do you? Do that you, is the important yeah. thing. It's all in what in what's in Dustin's head. If yeah. Dustin doesn't want to be at Richmond anymore, mm. then you can't go ahead and sign him for the next five years nah. if he doesn't want to nah. be there. So hold the fort and wait. But if Dustin says I, I honestly want to be here, but at the same time. I want what's best for me because I've only got one chance at this, yep. and this is my the rest of my life yep. bases is based on the next five or six years. So while I want to be with you guys, you've got to understand that if someone else is going to offer me an extra two million dollars over that period, yep. I'm going to I'm going to be stupid not to take that. Yeah, and I and particular, well, I, I suppose it comes down to a lot of players is it's that balance of money, as you say, to set up their lives versus what do they want out of their football career in terms of team success? Do they want to? Teams don't want to go to the lower team for lesser money. They always want to. That's why Hawthorne's kept doing it. They keep stepping up. They keep. You know, they keep. Yep. That's why Sydney kept doing it. They keep getting these players paying them big bucks because they went. I'll go to Sydney and win a flag, and they haven't. Thank God. But <laughs> it's this balance. I think of if if you know if if, if a Collingwood, for example, I know it was it was moved early. Near, maybe Collingwood's got got an offer on the table, and you go. Uh, Collingwood says we're going to we're going to put one point five million dollars into. It. If you're Richmond, do you match it? You know what? He's not going to Collingwood. Dustin Martin has been through a situation for the last five or six years at Richmond where he has been through that rebuilding process. Yep. And now he's got himself in a, in a, in a period of time, and it happened a couple of years ago. Last year was a, a crap year. Let's forget about it. But he's at, he's at the Tigers now with a team that possibly could be a finals team and maybe even a premiership team in the next four or five years. Yep. Okay? That's where he's at. He's going to, if he goes to Collingwood, Collingwood are in no 
situation to be a genuine finals contender for yeah. at least probably another two or three years. No, they, they're they've got an issue with a coach right now. They're going to have a new coach come in. That's going to take a year or two for him to get his head around. Mm. He'll make his changes. So Dustin Munn's got to ask himself, do I want to go to a club for two or $300,000 more but go through the same pain that I've been through for the last five or six years in establishing the Richmond Football Club to where it's at? Or am I better off being at Richmond for a couple of hundred thousand dollars less but know that I've got a chance to win a premiership and make my name that way. So let's, with that in mind, yeah. let's go through the possible clubs that if that are in that window for the next four or five years. Well, St Kilda. GWS is one. Yep. Okay. Do GWS need Dustin Martin? No. Nah. Okay. Cross that off the table then. Beautiful. That's exactly what I thought. Melbourne's another. Do Melbourne... They have some cap space, Melbourne. For sure. Would Melbourne want a Dustin Martin? Yes. Yeah. As a player or as a person? And as I don't pl- mean there's uh, yeah. anything against Dustin Martin per se, but the look of Dustin Martin, is it a, a, a Melbourne look? It is, because yeah. Nathan Jones is there, okay? So take uh, – I'm talking about the tattoos. I'm yeah. talking about that persona of Dustin well, Martin. Well, they want to be a hard – I mean, we saw what happened with Lewis and Hogan. They, 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 want, to be, they want to be a team that plays on the edge. So they want to be an edgy-looking okay. team. So Melbourne's well. a good contender yep. for Dustin Martin. St Kilda? Yes, definitely. Yep. They're, they're the one who've got. I mean, there's, there's, they're, they're definitely one who is sitting in that window where they want to, they want to they wanna bring in a high price free agent and go yep. from off on the cusp of the top eight to premiership contender. Perfect. Adelaide, I don't think need him. No, no they not. Well, they wanted Gibbs and didn't get that in yep. the end. Port Adelaide, I think, could definitely do with Dustin Martin, but yeah. he won't go there. Well, no. and the reason I don't think he'll go there is if he thinks that he's being watched here in Melbourne. You are an absolute fish in a bowl in Adelaide, West Australia. Yeah. The other one is North Melbourne. And I know everyone goes North okay. Melbourne. Yeah. The other one goes North Melbourne. Oh, I don't know. They've, they've, they cleared out those players to free up the cap space. And as we've seen, they're reasonably competitive. A couple of guys come and they want Josh Kelly and Dustin Martin. Yep. They're the two players, I think, that, that and, they've got, and they've got the money to pay them some big bucks. And particularly if, they, if, particularly if one of them knocks them back, they can load up fully on the other one. Okay, if you're so Dustin Martin, do you want to go to North Melbourne? Well and, well, and this is it. So the three teams that we probably agree that he would be beneficial, he would get benefit from going to in the immediate future of the next four or five years would be Melbourne, St Kilda. North Melbourne, I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced about. North Melbourne have been in a window for thirty years. Yeah. They never bottom out, do they? But are they ever going to win a premiership? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I don't really care about North Melbourne. Yeah. No, 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 neither, yeah, neither been do in I. The co- yeah. Um, so let's say that there are probably two absolute certainties that we believe that Dustin Martin could fit into straight away and have an immediate impact and help the club get to a premiership would be. Melbourne and St Kilda. Yeah. Yep. And they're the two teams that have been everyone's been talking about knocking on the door is ready to go up. What that does to us if he did go out, well, I, yeah, I've seen – yeah, it would suck, but I've seen that many teams who've lost their free aid, lost their big superstar. Like Hawthorne lost Lance Franklin. The next year they win a flag and then won two more straight after it. Uh, Adelaide lose Patrick Dangerfield and yet now look like being a premiership contender. It seems to be this unknown tangent of – this unknown, intangible thing that you um, you can't really touch or feel, but it's like a bonding thing that when one of these guys goes out, the rest of the team gets there and goes, nah, stuff him. And it actually bring it just makes, it builds a better team. I don't know quite how, but it does. I think we've already seen that with Richmond. Delidio has gone to GWS and we've become a better team. Yeah, it's a very, Great observation. very good point. Very good point. So that then comes back to the fact that why do you want to sign him early when one... Mm. 
let's wait and see where he wants to go. And let's see if we can do a deal on the table. If he if he 100% wants to leave the club, let's yep. wait and see what happens there. Or two, he's a restricted free agent. Yep. So you have the opportunity to match whatever that club offers. Yep. So do not sign him early. Wait and see what his what he's tangible assets are out there and then, at the end of the year. And then play accordingly. If he's an unrestricted free agent, we're talking about a totally different situation mm-hmm. and maybe you do need to jump early. But as an unrestricted free agent with the ability to be able to match what the club offers him and also just not knowing where Dustin's head is right at this point in time in regards to whether he wants to be at Richmond or not. It's a good point. Let's just wait. Let's just cool our yep. jets and let's just get the best out of him. It's yep. a good point because as you say, if with the money that's coming into the salary cap that everyone's going to have, as long as we've got that money set aside, let, 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 no, let's say it's seven seven years worth at what at one point five, one point six. As long as we know that's just sitting there, and, and worst case scenario, you have to then go into the well a little bit more. Whatever the whatever, the, no one's paying two million dollars a year for Dustin Martin for ten years. No, we ain't we no, ain't getting a Lance correct. Franklin deal with that. So you're right, you are right, Shabix. And we don't want to make that a point of the podcast every week, but it has been a big issue for the club for the whole off season and more, and it's going to continue to be. So we thought we'd all have our say here now, and uh, and uh, let's. Let's let the season play out. Oh, good. I thought we were going to actually start a segment called Dusty Watch. Dusty, <laughs> Dusty Watch. Dusty Watch. Um, that brings us to uh, this Sunday's game, Fremantle, MCG. We know there's going to be at least one change with Dane Curvis coming back in. We yep. don't think for a second that he's going to be held out any longer. No. Um, I haven't seen an injury update yet on Prestia other, other than to know that he, the hamstring injury that he did was apparently very late at the training session on Thursday. It was something pretty minor. Um and therefore, he 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 came out. I don't know whether that means he's a, he's eligible to come straight back in this week, or whether they want to give him another week or so. But do you see any other changes, um, forced or unforced? Do we think Anthony Miles did enough to keep his spot? He was the one who came in for Prestia. I'd probably go back to the one that we were talking about before in regards to maybe Castagna. Yep. Yeah, and make the change there with Lloyd. I think I think Lloyd needs to go. I mean, he he's had a great game in the VFL again, and he's been consistent in the VFL, really pushing on the edge to be in the best twenty-two. I think give him a go this yeah. week. I yep. know my cousin Helen would be very happy with that. Yeah, she likes Lloyd a, very much. A Sam Lloyd lover, <laughs> but he's great. <laughs> when like, she couldn't get Matthew Richardson, she had to turn her attention somewhere else. <laughs> you you got Lord. some good timbers there when you said lover. Yes. She makes you right deep. Well, down. he's a good player, Lloyd. Like he comes in at crucial moments. We saw that with the Sydney game last year. I mean, that was remarkable where he kicked the goal after the siren to win the game by a point for us. Like, I'm not saying we're going to see that again against Fremantle or any other team. That's a spare of the moment thing. Yeah. And if it happens to you, fantastic. It was great for Lloyd. It was great for the club that day. But I think he has. He's a mature player that can come in and actually kick a few goals when we really need it. And I think against Fremantle, that's what we're going to need. So I think Castagna might just need a week in the VFL. And if we stop Pavlich, we'll win the game. <laughs> Turn back the clock. Can we get? We'll get Thursfield to play on him. Yes. <laughs> Where's Paul Bullis when you need him? Paul Bullis. Yeah. Paul Bullis. Um, that probably brings me to a, to something I, I floated on here last week. Um, I wanted to pick a best twenty-two, and I want you guys to debate. Uh, what I've picked, I'll go. I'll just get it up here. You know, you can read from the back line, and I've I've written down the names underneath that. You know, I suppose are the ones knocking on the door that you would debate to put in yep. there or not. Yep. Um, from the back line, Grimes, Rance, Hooley. Are we pretty happy with that as a back line? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think you could better that. No. Half back, Camden, McIntosh, David Asprey, Nick Vlosten. Yeah, if Camden McIntosh shaves off his beard. So I can. <laughs> can, just on that, can we discuss Asprey just briefly? Yeah. 
I think he's also been an underrated player this yeah. year. To yeah, be honest. He, he was going to be my selection. Before. Yeah, going going yeah. back to underrated players. Now that you mention him, well, I've noticed some one percenters where we've needed someone to step up. Asprey's actually done that at times, which has been good to see. And considering where he's been in his career as well with injuries and the yeah. like, I think he's done extremely well. And he, to get back. They always saw that potential in him because they, they gave him Richo's number when Richo retired. Yep. yep. Um, or actually, it was the next one after Richo because he was about 2012. They gave Dusty number four, um, the great Royce Hart's number, and, they, and at the same time, they gave uh, Asprey the number 12. And you know it was sort of like we're putting our faith in these Two youngsters, we think they're going to be great. Yep. Dusty's obviously gone on and done his thing. They had that faith in Asprey, but we just hadn't seen it till this year. And uh, he's, you know, he's clunking marks, he's spoiling, he's his second and, e- and third efforts are fantastic. Um, and he's just Rance has always needed that. We we loved Alex Rance for the last few years. He's just always needed that extra person back there to yeah. help him. Um, and unfortunately, there hasn't been there. But thankfully, you're right. It yeah. looks like he might have he might have hit that that next level. I and, think so. Uh, Where have we had contested marks in stats this year? We'd have to be fairly high, I would have thought. I'm actually, Good question. I'm really confident when a ball comes out into a one-on-one situation, I'm actually confident of our guys now to be able to hold the mark. That's why I liked Todd Elton's game on the weekend because he he actually forced that mm. contested situation. He looked like he didn't clunk all of them, but he looked like he he could actually make the contest when, you know, someone like a month, ago, you know, six weeks ago, if you said Todd Elton, he'd go. Nah, as I pull a funny and, face and on talk, the radio. And you talk about our, just going back, we spoke about our younger, our smaller guys, our smaller brigade not having that impact in the game against the Bulldogs. Mm. I wonder whether they had the opportunity that they've had in the past because the ball didn't come to ground that often. No. And that's, it's, are they going to get that opportunity against Aaron Sanderlands this week? Yeah. Because Nankervis is going to have to play that real body no, on body talking even, I'm talking about even when the ball went up forward. Yes. The, the ball was actually literally grabbed. We, we had markers up forward. The ball didn't come to ground off the didn't back of the Didn't need to. You're right. Yeah. So maybe they didn't have that impact because of that reason. I can, I can tell you just on a side note, we're fourth overall for contested yeah, marks so far. Well, there you me go. Yeah. That's good. Who's, who's top, actually? Out of curiosity. Adelaide Crows, yeah, well, which doesn't go, really yeah. come as too no, much of a no, shock. Not at all. To the wing... I've got, so just to recap, we've got Grimes, Rance, Hooley, McIntosh, Asprey, Vloston. Uh, on the, on, across the centre line, I've got Grigg, Prestia, and Brandon Ellis. Uh, half forward line there. This is assuming everyone is fit and available. I have Caddy, Ben Griffiths, Shane Edwards. And just on Shane Edwards, he's still out with that hip problem, although he's just changed his number to 67 for the Dreamtime game in honour of 50 years uh, since the referendum came in and, and Indigenous people were, were classed in the census, which Lovely. was a big move forward. Yep. Um, so they're confident that he'll be back for that. Uh, that's that's sort of where he's at in terms of his injury timeline. Forward line... Well, you see, now there's another issue you've got there. You know, if Titch comes in as, your, as another member of that small who brigade, out. who goes out? Well, I think probably... I think Jaden, as I'll get to here, I think Jaden Short is probably one of those people who's been the firing line for someone like him. Although he's been playing back and taking a lot of our kickouts now, which is interesting. He did go forward in that last couple of minutes, as we spoke about at length before. Mm. Forward line, I have Rioli, Rewalt, Butler. Just on Jack Rewalt, 500 goals for Richmond now. Do, do, do you think he gets the respect in football, in the wider football community that he deserves? Do you think? He, do you think he's? Do yeah, I think so. You think so? I think he's one of the few forwards that actually does. Yeah, I, I don't think there's too many people out there that dislike Jack Revolt. No, no, just in terms of his actual impact as a footballer. No, but that's what I yeah. mean. There's not too many supporters out there that th- that would say, but "Oh, geez, he's a crap no footballer. Good. No, yeah. He's no good." I, I think he gets a, a fair bit of respect from the general football public. Yeah, oh, I'd have to agree with you, Shabek. So I think there've been periods of times where. 
Jack has sort of been portrayed as somebody that, you know, is outspoken and, you know, he's came out and made comments that are against what the coach's view is, Hardwick's view is at times as well. But I think now, you know, he wouldn't be in our leadership group if that was the case. So, But you know what, I think that's what actually endeared him to people those couple of years ago where he actually made those comments against Damien Hardwick. And I actually think people thought, hang on, this guy's actually got a bit of honesty about him, isn't he? He tells it like it is. Yeah, he tells it like it is. And I think that's probably what endeared him to people more than, than anything. Yeah. The ruck situation in this team, I have Nankervis, Martin, and Cochin. Pretty, yeah. it's a fair, fair, fair uh, ruck line there. Now, the interchange is probably the bit, the the area where there's going to be debate because essentially you've got that 18, and then you've got to try and fit 10 players into four. And what I've gone with, I've I've had on the bench Conker, Castagna, Lambert, and Miles, and Miles. Yeah, good. I've got Miles in there, I'm which means that players like Jaden Short. Uh, Sean Hampson, Sam Lloyd. I've left them out. I know you're going to hate me for that, Carl. But I just, if if at the moment, as we've said, I think if Castagna's up and going, I think he can. I think, uh, and for me, it's got to be. It's all about impacting the sport, the scoreboard, and having that speed. And that's probably where he's got the the edge over Lloyd at the moment. Ben Lennon's the other one who's been left out of this team, who's yeah. been sort of in and out of the of the side, and just hasn't been able to get that consistency. Um, so you, Miles is probably the one that I sat there and debated about the most because I went, uh, is he, with Prestia and Caddy now having that hard edge, is he in the best 22? I think he is. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I think he's definitely in the best 22. He'll be in my 22 when I announce it in two weeks. Todd will get Carl's next week. Yep, okay. But uh, sorry to put the pressure on. No, that's no, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't mind that. I don't think you can go too far away from that. Because Reese Conker went fit. He, we saw this year before he got injured last week. And by the way, I did say in the podcast last week that I thought he was running around on one leg in the second yeah, half did. of that game. Yep. And sure enough, three to six weeks with a with a with a foot injury, which is no good because he just found some form there, unfortunately. Yep. But um, I think yeah, I think Miles in it. Sean Hampson's an interesting one because Sean Hampson, I don't think he's going to play much footy if at all this year. Um, but if he does, if he does uh, get fit. His ruck work last year was the was career best. His tap ruck work specifically was 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 outstanding. He was able to put it down the throats of guys, um, which isn't what Nane Curvis does. Nane Curvis is more of a you know that marriage mold, enduring body, physical, be there in the fourth quarter, you know, so, solid with the tap work. But it's more about he's almost like a just a two hundred centimeter ruck rover. It poses, it poses the question though: if you have Hampson in the team, does your centre half four then Griffith not play? That's exactly, and that's probably where I'm probably going with that. Is you're, you're dead right. I think if if Nanker, we should be experimenting with this where we can at some points in the season. Maybe if we when it whilst Elton's perhaps in the team, throw Nankervis forward. Can he take a can he take a forward a, a mark forward? Can he kick goals? He, I, have, I know he's done it a little bit, but I want to see if he can do it for ten minutes a quarter and have that sort of impact, like the the inverse tie Vickery. If you will. Elton wasn't in your best twenty two though. Was no, it? I no, left him out. Left I, think, him out. I, yeah. I think as long as Griffiths is, isn't there, yeah. I've seen enough from Griffiths in the past that his best at his best Correct. puts yep. him in that team. Um, but it's just his issue has always been that consistency of, um, but uh, between his best and his worst, and then facing injuries. Yeah. Well, if I had to make any change to that, just from from what I've heard there, I'd probably put. Lloyd in for Castagna. Castagna is an emergency. Yep. That's probably the only real change I'd make, and I'd have Lennon in as, as an emergency as well. Because you didn't bring up emergencies. Are we going to include them as well? No, well, I, I just think I, I almost count the emergencies as the line of the blokes who are unlucky to miss. So you can have them as long or as short as you want. And, yep. Um, and they're probably the guys who are knocking on the door. Um, 
So we'll get yours next week. Okay. What we'll do is we'll 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 tweet this out. We'll hashtag Tiger Tragics, and uh, we'll be after some feedback. As we wrap up here for our for our second episode, just a, a final word on Sunday's game. What are we expecting? How much are we going to win by? Because we're all, we're all tipping a Richmond win, aren't we? Yep. Thirty-eight points, Tigers. How many did Jack? How many did Jack fall? Carl? I'll say the Tigers by twenty-seven. Jack with five. That's what I like to hear. I'm going to say Tigers by thirty. Jack with seven. That's what I like to see. See, seven, the new 10. Well, six is the new 10, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. In, this, in today's league, if anyone kicks any more than four, so it's a massive seven, bag. it would be like a 15, I reckon. The days of... Well, Jack, well, Buddy kicked eight on the weekend, and no one's really batted an eyelid. And I thought, in this day and age, that's like... Yeah, that's that's 12. It's like yeah, the old Buddy 13. They were average eight anyway. It was against Brisbane. Yeah. Don't, you, can't, you don't count them eight goals. They're in trouble. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time today. Well, uh, he, please engage with us on social media. Hashtag Tiger Tragics. This has been Tiger Tragics with Tony Shabeki, Carl Bianco, and myself, Mitchell Scott. Can the bloody Tigers? We'll catch you next the week. Tiger of all, the